Welcome to All Together Now. This is Eleanor LaCain. The country was rocked this week when a leaked draft opinion revealed that the Supreme Court intends to strike down the Roe v. Wade decision, which has protected a woman's right to abortion for 50 years. While the ruling is not yet final, the final decision is expected within the next few weeks, this is an urgent threat to the health and well-being of women. The Roe decision had ensured that every woman in America would have the right to a safe abortion provided by a credentialed physician in a safe and sterile environment. Having abortion rights legal saved women's lives. Losing those rights will bring back a public health crisis of desperate women dying from complications of back alley abortions. What does the impending decision by the Supreme Court really mean? How will it affect women? And what can we do about it? Our guest today for the first segment will answer these questions and more. Karen Mulhauser is a lifelong champion for women's rights. Following Karen will be a representative of Movement Voter Project, which is working to increase voter turnout in the November elections. First up is Karen Mulhauser president of the DC consulting firm, Mulhauser and Associates. She formerly served as executive director of the National Abortion Rights Action, NARAL, where she helped grow the membership from a few thousand to almost 140,000 members, started chapters throughout the country, started the NARAL Foundation and Political Action Committee. She has also served as board chair of Planned Parenthood of Metro Washington, and founder of several voter engagement initiatives. Karen Mulhauser, welcome to All Together Now. Thank you, it's good to be here. And thank you, Eleanor, for raising this issue at this time. It's so critically important. Yeah, and I know the Republicans actually would like to bury this, even though they've worked for this moment for decades. This decision is highly unpopular and um, really big majorities of Americans back abortion rights being legal. So I think it's really important, whatever forums we have to be speaking out. So I'm happy to use this radio show as a platform to let people know what's really happening. And on that point, um, tell our listeners, like what exactly happened with this leak from the court? Uh, well, it, it is uh, abortion is still legal, but this is a draft of an opinion. And I, I think you are so right, Eleanor, about how uh, the public has re been responding. I mean, there have been as many as a thousand people outside the Supreme Court protesting this this draft opinion. Uh, it's it's uh, it's the first time in in recent history that any draft has been leaked about uh, an opinion. And I have a rich fantasy life. In my rich fantasy life, I, I have the feeling that the Republicans are going to uh, hear over and over and over again that the polls show that most people in the country want to keep abortion legal, at least under most circumstances, and that the, the final draft might, might look a little different. So, um, but who knows? Uh, it's, it, it is unusual that the court would... Uh, make a case like this saying that, um, you know, it wasn't in the constitution that, or implying that because it wasn't in the constitution that 
we can't change it now on all of the amendments to the Constitution uh, add and, and alter uh, what the, the founders wrote. So it's, it, it is troubling because it, if enacted, we uh, understand that you know, most analysts are saying that as many as 26 states will make abortion illegal. Other states will, will make it legal and will welcome women and girls from other states to come to get legal abortions. But um, it, the fact that, that the Supreme Court would take this kind of action to, to try to, well, to reverse Roe v. Wade is, is, is shocking. But it shouldn't be because we know that the Trump-appointed Supreme Court justices wanted this to happen. Right, exactly. Well, and just to underscore for our listeners something you said, that this is a leaked document. It is a draft. It has not been issued yet by the Supreme Court, but somebody within the Supreme Court has risked their career to get this information to warn us that this is where the Supreme Court is headed. And if nothing changes in the next few weeks, this is likely to be the decision handed down by the court. Uh, and it, it just, you know, it goes against our feeling as Americans, I think, most of us, that this is very anti-democratic. Yes. The most recent polls that I've seen have shown something like 60% of Americans support abortion rights being legal and only 40% want to curtail them. Right. And it's just like to think through what this actually means, because it's been 50 years now uh, since the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. It's been 50 years. Abortion rights has been legal nationwide. So we now have two generations of young women and men who have come up right. just feeling this is the way it is and how it's always been and how it's always going to be. Like this is progress women had made mm -hmm. by courageous organizing yes. activism. Well, and now it's being rolled back. Well, it possibly rolled back in possibly. some states uh, and, and likely to be rolled back in some states. And, and uh, when Roe v. Wade was enacted in, in 73, January 73, almost 50 years ago, um, Women were dying, as many as a million a year were dying from self-induced or, or illegal abortions. And so uh, when I was working at NARAL, I did not give them the privilege of being called pro-life. I called them pro-birth because they did not do anything. They were not concerned about the lives of women that would have illegal abortions. And they did not actually do anything to support the welfare of children once they were born, they were really interested in uh, forcing women to continue a pregnancy. Right, exactly. And, you know, to underscore that, to me, this is a major public health issue as well as a major privacy issue and a sure. major keep government out of our lives issue is women by making abortion illegal doesn't mean that women will stop trying to have abortion. That's absolutely true. They'll either, they'll either. Uh, I mean, I, I just read today that, that Canada will welcome women uh, and, and many of the states that will uh, keep abortion legal um, will welcome women from other states. It's, 
going to, like so much that happens in this country, disadvantage the poor. Uh, they cannot travel to other countries. Um, but w people are getting a great deal of information if they're paying attention uh, because of, of this leaked document. Um, we are learning, for instance, that perhaps more men will start taking the male contraception. And if women can trust that their men are taking the contraception, that will reduce the need for abortion. Plus, uh, there is uh, an abortion pill that is effective up to 10 weeks. And so um, women who live in states where abortion will become illegal will be able, I, I read that, that, that they will be able to get them in the mail from other countries uh, that will be making them available so that women would be able to take this safe medication and, and bring on a miscarriage, bring on an abortion. Right, exactly. And just to underscore another point you raised here is if the court goes ahead with this, which is the most likely scenario right now, and they revoke yes. the national legal protection for abortion rights. What it means then is the power to decide the legality will go to the state legislatures and we know there's already about 26 states where either right. abortion rights are restricted or outlawed altogether. So once that national protection is gone, that means in more than half the states, abortion will be instantly. That's illegal. right. That's right. And, and uh, those women will have the options that, that we had before Roe, which is either to find an illegal abortionist, uh, to self-induce, um, now there are some other alternatives like the, the, the abortion pill. Mm -hmm. uh, way back before Roe uh, in the late 60s and, and to 1970, I was doing uh, pre problem pregnancy counseling in Boston, Massachusetts, and I would see a dozen or more girls and women a day. We were a totally legal organization, and so we did not make any illegal referrals. But if the women could afford it, we put them on chartered flights to go to London, uh, where it was legal, mm -hmm. could not afford it. We referred them to an underground organization called the Clergy Counseling Service, where ministers and rabbis and, and even priests would um, refer women to illegal abortionists that they had visited and knew were safe procedures. And uh, when New York opened the law in 1970, we organized carpools. And so there will be people around the country in every state that will help women and girls uh, with these difficult decisions with an unintended pregnancy. Um, but it's, it's just a shame that, you know, here in the 21st century, when I was working at NARAL in the 70s, uh, we were pretty sure that by the turn of the century, it would be settled and it would no longer be a problem. It would be, there would be medically safe abortions everywhere. Well, mm -hmm. it's, it's as bad now as it was before Roe. Turning right. back the clock, not going forward. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, we're looking at this situation going back 50 years of the work that you and many other women had done to make this a safe procedure, a legal procedure. 
And now, uh, if we've got more than half the states making it illegal, I just want to underscore, because this often gets glossed over, but that means when abortion is made illegal, if a woman in that state has an abortion by some referral somewhere, she can be criminally prosecuted and her doctor can be criminally prosecuted and put in jail for attempting an abortion. Is that right? Well, in some states, we'll write laws like that. That's that is right. And and uh, it is extraordinary, Eleanor, in the last couple of days because of this, I have been on in so many meetings, <laughs> Zoom meetings and others where uh, people are getting mobilized. And, and I did want your listeners to know about a couple of, of, of activities and and possible ways to find more information. On the 14th of May, a number of groups are organizing mass demonstrations around the country. And anyone interested can find information about this by going to uh, bansoff, B-A-N-S-O-F-F dot O-R-G and get information in, in your state about the, the activities. And this is being organized by groups like Planned Parenthood and Move On and just working together uh, to mobilize demonstrations of opposition to this leaked document. Um, and then also, if it's going to be needed, if the leaked document becomes reality, there is a website that will just grow in importance called abortionfinder.org. And I just visited that site this morning to, to see that you put in your, your address and you can find out where you can get an abortion. So um, people are going to be creative and trying to help the women and girls uh, get the abortions that they seek and get them in a safe way. But we shouldn't have to do that, you know, and, right. and our democracy, which we like to think is you know, one of the best in the world, uh, we should not have to be doing that kind of support for people who make up half the population of the country. Right. And I will point out our greatest concern is the 26 states that are already there in terms of restricting or prohibiting abortion totally. There are some states that are pace setters in a good way. So my home state, our home state of Massachusetts has codified Roe as state law. So it's already in there. If the federal protection was removed, the state can have that protection. So we can be working at the state level to get those protections in immediately, whatever state we're in. And then our neighboring state here um, in Maryland has passed a law to increase the number of people who are trained to provide mm-hmm. abortion. So it's not just doctors, it could also be people, medical professionals of one yes. kind or another. Although the Republican governor in Maryland, Larry Hogan, is withholding the funds that would pay for that. So, yes. yeah. and all these people who say, oh, well, he's anti-choice, but he's good on everything else. So he's not gonna really be dealing with choice. We, that's not true. It's not We've good enough, it. yes. <laughs> well, yeah. the country has become so divided Way back when I was uh, working at at NARAL in the 1970s, um, some of our strongest supporters were Republicans. Mm -hmm. And some of 
thing somehow got out of the House of Representatives, we knew it would never pass in the Senate because we had a, a, a bipartisan majority. And um, but this is not the only issue, but there's so many issues now where uh, our, our country has become so divided. But um, I, I, as you said earlier, and there are some polls that show as many as 70 percent support uh, abortion rights in, you know, at, at least in most circumstances. And mm -hmm. uh, when when I was at NARAL, I, I keep bringing this up because this is what <laughs> got me started being a dedicated abortion rights activist for the rest of my life. Um, when I started the political action committee to support the candidates that were supporting us, we had a, a mantra that was, if it doesn't bring workers to campaigns or voters to the polls, just don't do it. And then we put exclamation points after that. And, and it's the same kind of message that I'm using today. Of if we don't like the policies, we have to change the policy makers. And so uh, you mentioned at the beginning of this session that that I've done a lot of voter engagement work. And, and what I see happening, and back to my rich fantasy life, I, I can see people who have never voted before, never even registered to vote, turn this year. If we all do what we know we need to do, which is to reach out to the people we know, reach out through all of the networks we know, and make sure that people are registered and voting. And this is this is the kind of project that I have done uh, uh, yeah, over many election cycles, and I call it a protocol of trusted sources, which is that if somebody you know and trust suggests that you do something you've never done before, like register and vote, you're much more likely to do it than if a stranger asks you to do that. And so uh, we've been able to document the success of this protocol and uh, I'm, I'm realizing just in the last couple of days that the issue of abortion rights is likely to be the issue that turns out more voters this year than any other issue. It's, um, there will be other issues that are important. Certainly the climate issues are important mm -hmm. and um, what's happening in Ukraine is important, but uh, because such, a large majority supports a woman's right to have an abortion. Um, it, it can be used and uh, perhaps they will rewrite the, <laughs> the Supreme Court decision when they see these massive demonstrations like the ones in every state on March, on May 14th and, and other demonstrations of letters to the editor and demonstrations in front of the Supreme Court and, and in every state. Um, it's, it is a, a democracy where the people can still have a voice if we use it. Right, exactly. And I want to highlight here, you're laying out exactly what we need to do immediately. And then in the near term, I mean, immediately hit the streets on May 14th and come out and show your support for abortion rights being kept legal and safe. And that can be wherever you are, go to that, your town center, your state capital, uh, and turn out and speak out in favor of the legality of abortion rights. So hopefully we'll have a massive demonstration on May 14th for yeah, that. And hopefully the messaging there includes the word vote. And, and, and right. to be 
encouraging people to vote up and down the ballot, to vote for um, members of the Senate and the House of Representatives, but also in the state legislatures, because if SCOTUS, if the Supreme Court does uh, issue this, this uh, message about uh, states can make abortions illegal, then it's going to be up to the state legislatures. And, and if we all get out there and, and register our friends and neighbors and colleagues uh, and family members to vote, then we can maybe influence even some of those 26 states if we can, if we can influence who's the governor and who's, the, um, who's in the state legislature. Exactly right. And I think that is like the laser beam focus for our strategy is register and vote people for the primaries and for the November 8th general election this year and get as many people turned out as we can and elect pro-choice candidates up and down the ballot. We want them in the state legislature. We want them in the governorships. And also we want them in Congress. I mean, the immediate issue is going to be these state laws because it'll revert to the state control. And longer term, we know uh, we need to work for that federal law out of Congress to protect women. The the federal law could could pass this year, even before the Supreme Court issues its its statement, um, if we didn't have the filibuster. Uh, if if it were possible to just have 50 people in the Senate vote uh, for for a law that 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 codifies uh, abortion rights federally, but um, back to the to the elections, it's it's um, uh, well, just on that filibuster point. Are you sure we have the 50 votes in the Senate? Like, isn't Mansion and Cinema aren't they like gumming up the works on anything? Democrats it's it's possible, do? but but I think when they see that the that even perhaps their own elections are going to be influenced by this. Well, except in in uh, Mansion and Cinema states, it's 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 hard to know, but um, it's 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 not clear. Yeah, either that would be the worst case is we get rid of the filibuster to hold the vote and we don't have the votes to pass. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't be proposed unless we had the votes. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's count the votes. (laughs) But right now it's all about voting in the primaries in our our states and it's about voting in the general election on November 8th and vote pro-choice candidates up and down the ballot for every office that there is. Yeah, and and and, and even before the voting, we can be uh, writing to our elected officials, our council members, our mayors, our our uh, state legislators, and and federal representatives to say we want to keep abortion legal. Mm-hmm. It's this is the real life issue by keeping women alive and and safe from from illegal abortions. And as I said before, the people who are against abortion are not really for supporting the children um, right. after they're born. They're therefore, you know, preventing abortions. Exactly. And, you know, we hear for decades, these people have been saying, basically, your rights begin at conception and end at birth. 
Yeah, right. They, they go to this great lengths to protect the embryo zygote. Yeah. And yet once the baby is born, they're like, well, no, we're not going to provide child care. No, we're not going to provide good wages for the mother. No, we're not going to provide uh, yeah. kindergarten education. That's why I call them pro-birth, not pro-life. Uh, right. Think of myself as 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 pro-life, and and also as you know, in the decades that I've been working on this issue, um, it's also become clear that that women in general are advanced in in education opportunities and and economic opportunities in general, and it's so clear to anyone who would take a minute to think about it that if women can not decide when or if to have children, they really cannot avail themselves to the opportunities of education and economic opportunities that that are available to people who don't get pregnant. Well, exactly. And and think about this, we've got, which I know you've thought about a lot, but for our listeners, when abortion is no longer legal and safe, women are going to be faced, many millions of women faced with the choice of either I go have the money if I can go somewhere safer to have it, try a back alley abortion, which may end up with me dead, or bear a child that I don't want to have right now. And um, a, a lot of women are struggling financially anyway. And it's almost like this condemnation towards poverty for the mother and for the child and exactly and say well what these evangelists and anti-choice people are saying well just give up the child lots of parents would love to have children that's easy to say but may i point (laughs) out we currently have over four hundred thousand children in foster care because their birth parents for whatever reason even now with abortion right can't take care of their children. That's 400,000 children that need safe, permanent homes. They don't have them. How many more is it going to be when they make abortion illegal? Right. And and I don't talk about this often, but I probably will start talking about it. When I was in college um, and I had parents who made sure I knew that I didn't have to get pregnant if I didn't want to. and, And they would have supported me. But I got pregnant with a failed diaphragm and I self-induced and I, I bled on the (laughs) bus terminal floor um, trying to go back to college. And I mean, you can see why I don't want to, I don't talk about it often, but, um, and my parents could have helped me. And so it's always been clear to me that, you know, somebody as smart as me, (laughs) uh, parents as supportive as, as I had, if I would do something as dangerous as that, I'm not going to question anyone who says that she wants to terminate an unintended pregnancy. Wow, I appreciate you sharing that, Karen. You know, we've been friends for 40 years, and I never I knew didn't that. Know. Well, I didn't I, know. I'm so I, sorry I, that happened. I don't. Well, you know, it, it has helped shape who I am, and so. You know, that some people accuse me of being a, a descendant of, of Pollyanna. I try to put a positive spin on things and huh. and it's it's helped make me understand other people in desperate situations better than I might otherwise have. 
Right. And that's exactly the situation we want to save. And your good work and many other women had kept abortion safe and legal for 50 years. And now it's it's very threatened and very likely that protection will be lost and revert back to the state. And by the way, and also the, the you know, the, the, the issue of voting rights. Um, we have a Supreme Court like this because of who was president before President Biden. Right. So if we had a president who will appoint justices who who will look at the Constitution instead of whatever else <laughs> they're looking at, uh, we would have better laws. We would have a better Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. uh, it would not be a political Supreme Court, but a Supreme Court that looks at the Constitution and the rights of all citizens. Right. And I appreciate you telling your story because we're talking about within living memory. I mean, this is your personal experience. You know, this is what you yeah. and millions of women face. Well, and the hundreds of women I counseled. Yes. And I, right. tra I trained medical professionals on how to talk to women about unintended pregnancies before. Right. So. Wow. And is that what got you into this work? Excuse me? Is that what brought you into working for abortion rights? Probably, yes. Well, also, um, I uh, had been a high school teacher, and the children came to me asking about, this was in the late 60s, um, asking about sexuality and how to prevent abortion and or how to prevent a pregnancy. And even boys were asking me, how do I... No, she means no. I think she means yes. And I mean, I was surprised that they were coming to me, um, but I was glad that I was there to help them with these questions. In any case, um, my own personal experience and talking with so many young people and and young people today, you know, who who reached maturity <laughs> since Roe, they have no idea what it was like and right. that, that they are especially going to be interested in, and uh, I hope, in doing the voter outreach that's necessary to change the, 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 the policymakers who would be against us. Right, so we have our marching orders. I mean, we have a huge crisis hitting women in the country with this removal, likely removal of the protection of safe and legal abortion rights. And we know what we need to do about it is we need to speak out, we need to register voters, we need to vote in the primaries and the November election, up and down the ballot, pro-choice. Well, we also need to understand what the laws are in our states because mm -hmm. some of the laws are not the same as they were in 2020. And so, knowing about how to how to find out what the law is in your in your state so that whether or not there's mail-in ballots or where to go to vote and so forth has changed in many states. And so it's important to, as we're doing our outreach, to make sure that people understand what the law is in their states. Right. Wonderful. Well, uh, I'm sorry that it is this issue that has brought us together on this radio show. But um, I so admire and appreciate the work that you have done for 50 years and continue to do on behalf of women and children and families in the country. So um, 
Um, well, Eleanor, thank you so much for for inviting me to this conversation with you. And um, let's let's hope that that people do what we've been talking about: get out and vote, and get everyone you know to vote. <laughs> Fantastic. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, Karen Mulhauser, thank you so much for being on All Together Now and for your being a champion of women and families. Thank you. Bye-bye. Listeners, stay tuned for our next conversation. <laughs>